0: and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Nathan Johnson, and today we're going to look at one of the aspects of God's nature and what that means for your daily living. Let's dive in. If you're at a place where you could grab your Bible, I would love for you to turn to Hebrews chapter 13 and see the passage that we're actually going to be diving into today. Hebrews chapter 13, I'm going to start reading with the second half of verse 5. It says this, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, let me read this in another translation. This is the Lexham translation put out by Logos Bible Software. It says it this way, For he himself has said, I will never desert you and I will never abandon you. So then we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? I love this passage. The writer of Hebrews scholars tell us is quoting several passages from the Old Testament. Now, there's not a direct quote. It's actually a conglomeration of passages from Genesis, Deuteronomy, and Joshua. And for those specific passages, you can look those up in the show notes of this episode. But the writer of Hebrews is saying that God himself is saying that he will never leave us nor forsake us. It's talking about a characteristic of who God is. Now, if you look at the very beginning of that verse, it says, for he himself has said, which is a double emphasis on the person that is speaking. It could easily have just as said, for he said, I will never desert you and never abandon you. But instead, the writer of Hebrews says, for he himself, which is a double emphasis, emphasizing the fact that it is God and God alone who is speaking these incredible words. But it's this idea that God will never leave you. It's the reality of, of his nature. that, That he's doing something in your life and he won't leave you and he won't forsake you. Now, I want to get into this passage because as I began to study it some time ago, the passage opened up and radically just, whoa, changed my life. So, let me just kind of give you really quickly two simple word studies. Now, the word there for leave you, I will never leave you, it has the idea of to desert, to abandon, forsake, to leave behind, To depart, and not take along, either intentionally or neglect by forgetfulness. Now, the word forsake you is the idea of to desert, to give up, to cease from, abandon, forsake, or leave behind. Now, as you look at the two words, though they're different words in the Greek, they give two different impressions. And yet, it sounds just the same, doesn't it? They both mean to desert, to forsake, to leave behind, to abandon. So, let me give you the difference. The word there for leave has this idea of to give up on something, to to leave behind something. But the word forsake, the emphasis in the New Testament is always in terms of relationship. So let me give you an illustration of the difference between the two words. Several years ago, I was at a conference with a really good friend of mine. And he needed a water bottle and he asked if he could borrow one of mine. And I said, hey, just, hey, I'll let you borrow my water bottle But you need to realize that I'm really protective of my water bottles. I love carrying water around with me. In fact, everywhere I go, I bring water. And so I said, please don't lose my water bottle. Now, in the middle of the week of this conference, he happened to lose the water bottle. And he came, you know, towel between his legs saying, I'm so sorry, I lost your water bottle. And of course, as a good friend and as a Christian, I said, hey, no, not a big deal. No worries at all. But interestingly, or somewhat ironically, At the end of that week, I was in a meeting, happened to leave my water bottle in a coffee shop, and I lost my water bottle. So, of course, you know, my friend gave me a really hard time about the fact that not only did he lose my water bottle, I lost my water bottle as well. See, now that's the idea of leaving something behind. See, I left the conference, I had to come back to Colorado, and here I am, I left my water bottle in Tennessee. But that's an entirely different idea than the word forsake. The word forsake shows up 10 times in the New Testament. And again, it's always used in terms of a relationship. So let me give you one passage where this word shows up. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Paul says this, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. See, what Paul is saying is, yes, we have hardships. Yes, we, you know, we may be persecuted, but do you know what God is doing? He will not forsake you. See, he's not going to desert you. He's not going to give up on you. He's not going to cease from being with you. He's not going to abandon you. See, it's the idea of forsaking something, but it's in relationship. In the case of the word leave, see, I I have no relationship with my water bottle. Now, I love my water bottle, but I left it. See, that's a different idea than forsake. So let me give you another illustration. When I was a kid, my mom would often take me shopping. And when we would go to a clothing store, I loved hiding in one of the clothing displays. A lot of times it was a circular thing and, and there was a space right in the middle for one person in between all the clothes. And I love this idea that, you know, someone could be looking through the clothes and you could pop out and be like, ah! And of course, you know, they'd scream and it's all a lot of fun. Well, if you've ever done that, inevitably, you know, at one point, if, if, if you're like me, you know, your, your mom or your dad knows what's happening, and so they kind of hide. So when you come out from the, from the clothing display, they're, you're looking around trying to find your parent, and suddenly you realize, oh, no, they've left me. See, I thought they loved me, and oh, but what do they do? They've forsaken me. They've left me behind. They've abandoned me, and I am forever doomed to live at a clothing store. So see, that's this idea of the word forsaken. It's, it's leaving something or abandoning something, but it's in terms of relationship. See, I can leave my water bottle, but I can't forsake it because I don't have a relationship with it, but I can forsake a person. Now, listen to the emphasis then in our passage. God himself is saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, he's not going to treat you as some item. He's not going to treat you as like some water bottle. And he's just going to leave you like, whoops. Oh, well, I guess, I guess it's already gone. See, this is not, well, you pull out and you're on this vacation and you forget your pillow and you go, oh no, forgot my pillow. And your parents are just like, well, we're already gone. I guess you're just going to have to leave it. See, God will not treat you that way. You're not just some item. He's going to leave you behind. But more than that, he's not going to forsake you. See, he's in a relationship with you. If you're a Christian, he lives inside of you and he's not just going to throw you to the wind. He's not just going to leave you in the clothing display. See, he's not just going to happen, chance, and just cease from being with you. He's not going to abandon you. Why? Because he says himself, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Man, what a strong promise of who God is. He will not desert us. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. Now, let's take this to another level. When you look at the Greek, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What is amazing is that there's a couple words that aren't translated. And I thought this was fascinating. I thought, why wouldn't you translate this? Now, I understand as a translator, it doesn't really make sense in the flow of thought to insert these words. But when you look at it, there are two words that are left out in the passage. I haven't found it in any English translation. And it's this, when it says, I will never leave you, there's another negative. In other words, it's, I will never, never leave you. And then it says, nor will I forsake you. And there's another negative there. So a proper translation of this passage would be, for he himself has said, I will never, ever leave you, nor never, ever forsake you. And there are five negatives in that passage. It is so over the top. The writer says, hey, do you not realize that God, it's not that he just won't leave you or forsake you. He will never, 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 never leave you or forsake you. See, he will never, ever forsake you. He will never, never leave you. See, he is not going anywhere. Wow, that's incredible. I came across an interesting quote by Charles Spurgeon on this passage. He said this, I have no doubt that you are aware that our translation does not convey the whole force of the original and that it would hardly be possible in English to give the full weight of the Greek. We might render it, quote, he has said, I will never, never leave thee. I will never, never, never forsake thee, unquote. For though that would be not a literal, but rather a free rendering. Yet, as there are five negatives in the Greek, we do not know how to give their force in any other way. Two negatives nullify each other in our language, but here in the Greek, they intensify the meaning following one after another. I loved what Spurgeon says. He says, do you realize that I understand in the English, when you put two negatives together, it actually cancels them out. He says, but in this passage, the writer is just going over the top with five negatives saying Hey, you need to realize it's not that just, yeah, God probably won't leave me. Yeah, he probably won't forsake me. See, the writer of Hebrews is saying, no, no, no. You must be clear about this. He has said, he himself has declared that he will never, 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 never forsake you or leave you. See, that's who our God is. That this is, hey, this is not, well, I wonder if he's going to abandon me. Oh, no, I wonder if he's going to. See, no, no, no. As Paul again said in 2 Corinthians 4, we are hard-pressed, but we're not crushed. We may be perplexed, but we're not in despair. We may be persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We may be struck down, but we are not destroyed. Why? Because God is not one who will ever, ever, ever forsake us. See, he's not going to treat us as some little item that we just kind of throw off to the side and say, well, I guess maybe another time. See, he's not going to, in relationship, look at you and say, well, I, I, you know what, I'm done with you. I, I'm, hey, I'm through with this. See, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Now, if that's true, which I fully believe it is, it's in the Word of God, then it makes sense that in Hebrews 13, verse 6, it says, Well, then we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, I shall not fear. For what can man do to me? See, if I begin to realize that he will never, never leave me, nor never, ever forsake me, then do you realize I must understand that God is my helper. And therefore, because he will never leave me, because he is smack dab in the middle of my situation and my life and my circumstance, then there is no reason to fear. See, nothing that man could do to me, would, would, would cause me to move. See, nothing man could do to me should cause me to fear. See, nothing that, that you could ever impress. A, see, it doesn't matter what the society is saying. See, it doesn't matter what culture is doing. See, it doesn't matter what the economy. See, it doesn't matter what the government. See, it doesn't matter. Why? Because God will never, ever leave me nor never, ever forsake me. See, what if I could live in that reality? See, what would happen if I could live with this tone of, oh, God is smack dab in the middle of my life and he's not going anywhere. See, see what would it look like if I began to realize that, that, I ha- that I have the God of the universe on my side? See, what would happen if I could look at my trials and my circumstances and my situations with a glimmer in my eye and a twinkle upon my face and just say, whoa, just watch what God's going to do. See, he has not abandoned me. See, he has not deserted me. He has not left me. In fact, he is smack dab in the middle of my life and my circumstance. See, what would happen if I began to see every trial and temptation that came against me as this just this, this little pity thing? See, temptation to go into sin. See, why would I fear that if God is right, smack dab next to me? See, see, if God lived inside of me, I wouldn't fear temptation. Why? Because I realized that greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. See, nothing that the enemy can do, see, nothing that the enemy could scheme up can cause me to falter. Why? Because God is smack dab in the middle of my life. Which means that if I ever give in to temptation, if I ever give in to sin, it means I don't realize that God is right there with me. See, he doesn't leave me. But could it be that I take a step back? See, if I fall into sin, is it not because I take my gaze off of him and I turn my gaze upon sin and I indulge in my sin apart from him? See, see, he doesn't draw away from me. But for me to sin, I must somehow draw away from him. See, he's never going to leave me. And yes, his His blood is efficacious. And, and yes, he's always willing to forgive. But that is not a license to sin. See, he's... see. I want to face my temptation with the realization that I don't have to give in. Why? Because the one who is victorious and the one who has already accomplished it and the one who has already purchased my freedom upon the cross lives smack dab in the middle of my life and he is never going to leave me and he will never forsake me. What would it look like if you lived in that reality? See, how would that change how you faced your day-to-day? See, how would that change how you faced your circumstances? See, how would that change how you faced your trials and your temptations? See, how would that change your mindset? See, how how would that change you as you just lived just moment by moment realizing that, that, hey, he's not some distance away from you. He's encroaching upon you. In fact, if you're a Christian, he lives inside of you. Folks, he will never, ever leave you nor will he never, ever forsake you. Let us live in that reality. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, including the Bible passages and the quote from Spurgeon, as well as links to other resources and articles, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 12 for episode number 12. Now, until next time, know I'm cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ.